Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Thursday, October the 7th, and wherever you are, whenever you listen to this, I wish you God's grace today, God's strength today, God's wisdom, God's life within you, within those around you. May you be surrounded uh, by, by just God's goodness and nearness. Hey, uh, today we celebrate a feast day. It is the Feast of Our Lady of the Holy Rosary. And now that is the uh, patroness of one of uh, the parishes at which I serve. And uh, that is our parish in New Holstein. Uh, and, uh, and so this is their feast day today. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the history of this feast. And it's a relatively new feast relative within our church is a very relative thing, by the way. And, uh, and we're also going to talk a little bit about the rosary. Now, both deserve far more than I'm going to say, but, uh, but good to, to uh, focus on that. Now, here's the deal. Here's God and God's goodness. Uh, you know, that feast day, of course, the Holy Rosary celebrates uh, a certain way we pray. And uh, today is not a high feast day, on high feast days, we change the gospel and pick out a new one to, to go along with what that feast day is. Uh, today is a, a regular memorial, it's called. And, uh, and so because of that, we continue through Luke, uh, picking up where we left off yesterday. So we will continue through Luke chapter 11. Uh, however, God in God's goodness is going to send us a, a story on prayer. Uh, a teaching on prayer. It's so good. You know, fits right on in, huh? Now, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, again, just because I like to, to mix things up a little bit. Usually when I read the gospel, I read it off the USCCB website. That's the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. If you don't know their website, easy to go to usccb.org. Uh, has a lot of good stuff on there. And usually I read it out of their translation, which is the New American Bible translation. It's the one we read from every weekend, every day at Mass. Today I'm going to read it out of a different translation, and it's a translation by Eugene Peterson called The Message. Uh, it's the Catholic edition of that. And brothers and sisters, while I, I, I like to ground myself in the New American, the, the translation that is the, the language of our church, I think it's always good, always good to look at other translations because sometimes we can hear stories, you know, and we've heard them for, for you know, years and years in our lives, and hearing a different translation can bring it to life in a new way. So every now and then, I'm going to do that, and I particularly like this uh, translation, not just of this one, uh, I, but, but just the message, because he does it in such a neat way. So know this, it'll be out of uh, this different translation, and it's Luke chapter 11, verses 5 to 13, if you wish to follow along, in whatever translation you have before you, okay? So let's break open God's Word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Then Jesus said, Imagine what would happen if you went to a friend in the middle of the night and said, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. An old friend traveling through just showed up, and I don't have a thing on hand. 
The friend answers from their bed, Don't bother me. The door's locked. My children are all down for the night. I can't get up to give you anything. But let me tell you, even if he won't get up because he's a friend, if you stand your ground, knocking and waking all the neighbors, he'll finally get up and get you what you need. Here's what I'm saying. Ask, and you'll get. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will open. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This is not a cat and mouse hide-and-seek game we're in. If your little boy asks for a serving of fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? If your little girl asks for an egg, do you trick her with a spider? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. And don't you think the Father who conceived you in love will give the Holy Spirit when you ask Him? My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that so good? Again, it says the same things uh, in, the, in the story that we know, but yet I love that idea where he says, don't bargain with God. Be direct. This is not a cat and mouse hide-and-seek game we're playing, that God is playing with us. Ah, it's so good, isn't it? So let's talk about, uh, okay, let's set the scene, because those of you who listened yesterday, you know it, but those who didn't, uh, Luke chapter 11 Right away, the disciples come to Jesus and say, Hey, Lord, teach us to pray as John's disciples taught him. And Jesus says, This is how you are to pray. And then he gives Luke's version of the Our Father. That's all we had yesterday. It was Luke 1, or excuse me, Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 4. So clearly what we're talking about is prayer here. And that's what Jesus is is speaking on here. So that theme of prayer continues today. So we just taught them the Lord's Prayer, and then he goes into this. So again, I've mentioned this many times, uh, because for me, prayer is just a mystery. It's a marvelous mystery, and I know we're invited into it. Uh, It's that that, um, tool we use for constant connection. As I mentioned yesterday, Paul says, pray without ceasing. We have to constantly be connected to God, constantly. Because if we're not, you know, um, doesn't Jesus say, listen, you know, you don't lose a hair in your head without God's knowing because he has them all counted. And, And a sparrow, two sparrows don't fall to the ground and die without God's permission, without that life, you know, because they carry the life of God within. So in some manner, we're always connected but, uh, but that active, conscious connection is what God's inviting us to. And here's what he's telling us. I mean, he's saying what Paul is saying without using the words pray without ceasing, right? So he uses this image. He says, listen, imagine what would happen if you went to a friend in the middle of the night and said, friend, lend me three loaves. An old friend is traveling through, just showed up, and I don't have a thing on hand. In other words, my friend, I'm desperate. I'm desperate because I don't have anything in my house, and I have to to be hospitable to this person. 
this friend who's, who's traveling through. And secondly, I'm desperate because it's the middle of the night and I'm coming over here waking you up. It's midnight. And in waking you up, I like how, how it insinuates, you're going to wake up the whole neighborhood. Because why? Because you're saying, no, I'm all in bed, but I'm going to stay on my ground and I'm going to keep going. And because of that persistence, I mean, can you imagine dogs, cats, you know, neighbors, hey, quiet over there, whatever. I mean, the whole neighborhood's going to be up, but you stand your ground. This is, this is a time of desperation that we're talking about. And Jesus is not saying, you know, gosh, I wish you would only come to God when things are well. You know, why is it you only come to me in desperation? Jesus is saying, if you're desperate, make sure you come. Make sure you come. I was just talking to a friend today, and, uh, and in the midst of the conversation, it came up and said, you know, oh, I, I, and maybe I shouldn't ask for things or, or, or that God doesn't like it when we ask. I think this gospel tells us the exact opposite. It's okay to ask. In fact, he tells us that, doesn't he? Ask and you will receive. Again, I don't understand the mystery of prayer, but I know we're invited to it. And I know whether our times are good. And yes, I certainly hope we pray when times are good. But when we're desperate and we need that presence, capital P, by our side, it's okay to ask at that point too. Jesus, in Jesus' desperation in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night before he died, said, Lord, let this cup pass from me, but not as I will, but, but as you will. Right? He was desperate. He was, he was sweating blood, for goodness sakes, and the angels were ministering to him. That's his desperation. He knew it was happening, but he didn't stay away from God and even asked the desire of his heart at that time. But the real desire, even beyond the Lord, let this cup pass from me, was, but not as I will, but as you will. Right? Brothers and sisters, this image that Jesus gives, I think this is such good news. He, this friend goes at midnight to another friend. Lend me uh, 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 three loaves of bread so I can be hospitable in my desperation. Can you be there for me? Brothers and sisters, I remember a sister of mine, not, not a sister as in, in uh, my sister's Maura or Eileen, um, as in a, a nun, a, a sister within the church, a religious. And she used to say, Joe, when I wake up at night and I can't get back to sleep, I'm wondering, you know, who God needs prayer for in the middle of that time. And that's what I just try to do and say, God, I don't know who you need me to pray for right now, but I'm lifting them up to you. And I love that image, one, because I love that openness. But two, I love that God never closes. There's never a no vacancy sign. There's never a, a, the, what did Lucy always have on her little shack when Charlie Brown, the psychiatrist is in or the doctor is in or the doctor is out, you know. There's no God is out sign on, on our little office door on God's office door. God can always be accessed. Always. So how do we do it? What do we do? 
Well, he tells us. Here's what I'm saying. Now, again, this is Jesus' words. Ask, and you'll get. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will open. You know, I think that, that if we don't seek something out and we don't ask, brothers and sisters, we get exactly what it is that we don't seek or ask for, which is, I mean, nothingness, right? We, it's okay, and we need to be specific with what we're asking for. And we need to be specific with what we're seeking. Our God knows exactly what we need. I, I love that, that, that he says that. Listen, our God knows what you need. Don't bargain with him. Be direct. Ask for what you need. Now, here's the deal, and here's what Jesus said. What we get may not be what we ask for, but it's okay to ask. What we seek may not be ultimately what we find. We may think we're seeking one thing and seeking God over here or the answers over here, and they may come in a completely different way, in a completely different manner. That happened, that's, that's kind of the history of Scripture, isn't it? The people weren't seeking God. They were seeking a Messiah. They were continually asking for him. And, and the Messiah came, but just in a way and in a place and in a time that they were not expecting at all. Um, and, uh, and knock, and the door will be open. I think of uh, let's make a deal. Which door? You know, one, two, or three. And we don't know what's behind that door. Knock, and the door will open. You may not know and understand what that gift is behind that door. But God does. God does. And here's the last thing I'll say about all this, because, again, this is so much bigger than I am. And I don't even want to pretend to know more about prayer than I do. But I love how he says this here. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Be honest. We don't have to be pious in our prayer. We don't have to, to surround it with words. We don't have to... Uh, fill it with a holiness, we think, okay, then God will listen. We don't have to try to manipulate God. Be direct. Be honest. God knows what you need before you ask. And, and maybe what this mystery of prayer is, is so we discover what we need, right? Maybe that's it. Maybe we need to discover what that need is and consciously bring it before God so that when we see that prayer gets answered, and, and most likely in ways that we do not expect, we can praise and thank God that says, God, you are so much bigger. I thought the prayer would be answered over here in this direction, and you answered it over there. But I think God desires us to be part of that process and not just allow ourselves or, or, or be these, um, you know, just innocent, passive bystanders. He invites us actively into the process. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. And here's what he's saying God is. Listen, God is not somebody who's going to play cat and mouse hide and seek with us. God desires our good. Do you believe that? Because it, I'm telling you, this is good news. This is such a good news gospel. God does not play with us. God, God does not say, hey, ask for it, and I'll see. I'll see if I'm awake. I'll see how I'm feeling, whatever. God desires it. 
And I love that imagery because you who have children, you get it, right? If your little boy asked for a serving of fish, would you give him a snake? Would you try to scare him with that? Or your little girl asked for an egg, would you try to trick her with a spider? As bad as we are, meaning as incomplete or as unholy as, or as, as, as flawed or full of, of wheat or, 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 you know, incompleteness, as, as much as we are there, we wouldn't think of such a thing. Why? Because they're our own children and we love them. Remember who you are. You are God's child. And God loves you far more even than you and I love our children. And he's not going to try to play hide-and-seek or, or scare us. He knows what we need. He knows what we truly need. Do you know what you need? Deeper than your prayer, deeper than what we want, do, you know, do we know what we need? Trust God with that. Be direct. Be honest. Trust that his goodness is beyond even our capacity to understand and comprehend. But let's be a part of it. Let's be an active participant in prayer. It's okay to ask and seek and knock. And it's okay to do it in good times and in times of desperation. God is always, always, always there beside us waiting to hear. But we need to always, always, always have the energy to bring our honesty and our openness and our needs before him. Okay? Let's pray about Our Lady of the Holy Rosary or learn about it a little bit. So it was a feast day that didn't come into being again until relatively later. It was established in 1573. So that's only, what, 450 years ago, which in the scheme of the church, hey, man, relatively new. It was originally called not Our Lady of the Holy Rosary, but Our Lady of Victory, uh, which was uh, in order to thank God for a victory, a naval victory, uh, of Christian uh, battle fleet over a Turkish battle fleet, which the Christian battle fleet was greatly outnumbered. And they beat uh, this Turkish uh, battle fleet at Lepanto in 1573. So Pope Pius V said, hey, let's establish this feast day on this day, which was when the battle happened, October the 7th, in 1573, as Our Lady of Victory later uh, it was, uh, it, and it's because this victory came about because it was believed that the people were praying the rosary in favor of the Christians in this battle. And so that's why the Pope um, did it. And later it was brought a feast to the entire church and renamed Our Lady of the Holy Rosary. Uh, and so the development of the rosary, you know, it's, uh, there's the legend is that, that Mary just kind of came down and gave it to St. Dominic which would have been back about the 13th century. And, uh, and that's how it came to being. And, and, and that may or may not happen. Dominic certainly had a hand in, in making the rosary understood, not even understood, poor word, um, a common prayer within the church back in the 13th century. And it was he and his disciples, uh, members of this Dominican um, nascent community in the 13th century, followers of his, that brought the uh, rosary to, uh, to much of Europe, to the poor. But remember what I said yesterday, much of that happened 
uh, because of the monks, that the, that the poor were uneducated and couldn't read, but they listened to the monks pray the 150 psalms. So originally it was 150 Our Fathers. But then with the, the Hail Mary was brought in there, again, thanks to Dominic, and that took the place of all the Our Fathers, 150 of those, instead of 150 psalms, which the common people could do. And then, even later, uh, around the 15th or 16th century, what happened was the, the rosary was broken up into its present form. With Well, not quite its present form, but mostly its present form, with 15 mysteries, the joyful, the sorrowful, and the glorious, focusing primarily on the life of Christ, but the life of Mary within the life of Christ. And then it wasn't until John Paul II in 2002 uh, brought it to its present form, only 19 years ago, which is super recent within the life of the church, by adding, adding the luminous mysteries, which are the mysteries of light. And so these 20 mysteries now are, uh, are what we use to contemplate the life of Jesus and the life of Mary within the life of Jesus. Now, you may notice that, that beads are common uh, within uh, not only um, Catholic prayer circles, but if you ever have been to a Buddhist or a Hindu um, a prayer or, or in, in India or, or in the Far East, that uh, prayer beads are, are quite popular within there. And the idea is simply this. And this is not New Age stuff. This is, again, you don't get much older than, than uh, Buddhist or Christian form. Uh, or Hindu form of prayer. The idea is those beads set us into a routine, kind of into a mantra that takes us out of our monkey mind, which the monkey mind is that mind that jumps around all the time, thinking different things and different thoughts all the time. And it gets us settled. And when we get settled, we can go deeper. And that's what the beads are, are to do. They're called to get us into a kind of a mantra, into a kind of a... a, a a steady pace that brings our, that settles our spirit and brings it where we can access to a deeper place. And the idea are these Hail Marys, that we don't necessarily focus just on those words every time we, we pass a bead, but that we're focusing on that mystery of Christ uh, within there. So in, in this recitation of these 10 beads, I'm focusing not necessarily on the words, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, but I'm focusing on what is that mystery today? What is that mystery today? And, and today, it's that Feast of the Transfiguration. So every time I'm praying that, I'm, I'm saying, what was that like to be on that mountain? What was that like to be Peter or James or John? What was it like to, for, to see Elijah and Moses? What was that like to, to hear their conversation or, or to see God, Jesus Christ, illuminated in that? And what does that mean for me? And the reason the rosary is so beautiful and powerful is it's not just a reflection on the life of Jesus, but on the life of Mary within the life of Jesus, because that's where we find ourselves, right? Because it focuses on Mary's yes, on, on the beginning, and Mary's visitation, and Mary's part in the birth, right? Jesus doesn't come about on, on the birth without her, or the finding in the temple or the presentation, or her assumption at the end. Uh, of time or being crowned queen of heaven or, or her part in the wedding at Cana 
or, or you know, all these things, her part in the proclamation or in the, the being present at the descent of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, we see ourselves in the role of Mary because we have to say yes. Christ has to continue to be born within us. Christ has to continue. You know, we, we work with, with Christ and, and say, do whatever he tells you like Mary did at the, the wedding feast at Cana. All these things that these feasts, this rosary that we have been given is not just, oh, you know, we have to do it because certain magical things are going to happen. No, because it gets us at a deeper level to focus not only on the life of Christ and how it continues to be alive today, but our life within the life of Christ, just like Mary's life was within the life of Christ and how because through Mary's actions and participation, Christ was made more real in the world. Hopefully through our actions and yeses, that Christ may be born again in this world and, and through our participation may continue uh, to be made real. So we celebrate our Feast of the Holy Rosary today. How wonderful. And so because of that, no better way than to, uh, to not just think about it logically and in our heads, but let's pray it. And so it can become a part of us and we can get settled from this monkey mind into uh, just a clear and conscious and calmed one where God can, can act within us and we have the courage to say yes. So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fourth luminous mystery, the mystery of the transfiguration of Christ. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Our Lady of the Holy Rosary, pray for us. My friends, God's peace. I wish you well on this Thursday, and I look forward to us coming back together again tomorrow and seeing what God has in store for us in his word then. God's peace.